Welcome, friends and guests, to Max Horton, the Precision Rifle Podcast. Now let's get to the show. What's up, what's up, what's up? It is Tuesday, February 9th. This is the second time that we will record this episode because we had gremlins in our microphone. That kept snatching words out of my mouth, but it's all good. I'm happy to record it again. I hope you guys are having a good day, getting started off right, or whenever you listen to this, who knows, maybe it's the end of the day, but I wanted to talk about mental preparation and mental exercise. We do a lot of training when it comes to physical We do a lot of training when it comes to physical preparation, working through problems, hiking mountains, stretching, lifting, whatever your physical preparation is. But what about the mental side? So when I discuss the mental side, I'm talking, how are you exercising your brain? You don't need to go to the range to execute a mental exercise. What goes into mental exercising? could be wind. It could be memory. So let's talk about memory here for a second. Memory. What memory are you using? Right? You have a long-term, you have a short-term memory. And a lot of your precision rifle stuff is split. We have long-term memory, which we use to remember and train for certain things, such as the wind formula, right? That would be a long-term memory. And then we have fundamentals, But what about our short-term memory? How are we utilizing the short-term memory? And how are we exercising that? There was a study conducted where they took three individuals. Now, they were spread out over time. Let's call the first individual Steve. So Steve gets brought into this study. And the study is to see how they can improve a person's short-term memory. For a long time, it was believed that a person could only remember seven things in the short-term memory. Now, they've gone and disproved this fact, but when they first started, they brought Steve in, and they gave him a batch of numbers, one number every second, and he would try to memorize these, with his short-term memory, and then say them back. So this study went on for months and months and months, and Steve was progressing. He was getting better. 
10 numbers, 15 numbers, 20 numbers, 40 numbers, right? Now, Steve was getting pretty famous. He was setting records, world records. He was on the Today Show. He was doing these things. So his success was enjoyed, obviously. But he kept going. He kept trying to get better. He kept trying to beat his own records. And the way he was doing this was he was having memory association. He was associating the numbers with things that were relevant to him. Now, Steve's background was he was a marathon runner, cross-country, so he was comparing these numbers to good run times and distances and things like that. Think about how you, competing or during your job, if you're a tactical, military, law enforcement, what have you, how does memory association help you Remember things that you need for a short term. I can tell you right now, personally, when I'm looking at targets, I get the stage brief for a competition, I'm looking at the targets, and I'm instantly starting to associate the targets with shapes. I can remember those shapes, I can outline those shapes to determine what order I need to shoot them in, and this helps me not forget targets or when I'm supposed to shoot them. So Steve is kicking ass and taking names, right? Now they wanted to prove that somebody else other than Steve could execute the same enhancement of short-term memory. So let's say they bring in Rebecca. So they start challenging Rebecca the same way hey, here's these numbers. Try to remember them. So she gets better. Now, she's improving faster than Steve, and that may be because the method at which they are giving her the information is different. Either way, she had no contact with Steve. The only thing she knew is that Steve had broken the barrier. So she knew that it was possible. She just didn't know how. So she gets to about 20 numbers, and she can no longer progress. She hits a plateau and never breaks off from it. Now, it was found out that the way she was associating these numbers was with time, but the time was bad, right? It was bad because she was month-day time, and there are limits to how you can associate time And that ultimately led to her not progressing past a certain point. She ultimately decides to quit, not be part of the testing program anymore. So now they're seeking another individual. So they find a guy named Bob. With this test subject, Bob, they're going to have Steve teach Bob how he did it. So now Steve is teaching Bob, and Bob is learning at an accelerated rate. He's taking what Steve did, he's taking Steve's ability to associate numbers, and he's applying it, and he's getting better, faster. He's better than Steve. 20 numbers, 30 numbers, 
50 numbers, 70 numbers. But Bob reaches a point where Steve's method no longer works for him, and that's fine. But what Bob does is he takes it to the next level. He takes what Steve instructed him and taught him, and now he puts his own spin and twist on it. More things that will associate those numbers with Bob's everyday life. Things that are familiar to Bob. And he continues. He progresses. He's far more advanced than Steve. 100 numbers. 110. 120 consecutive numbers he can memorize with his short-term memory. How? Well, it's simple. He was trained by somebody who had figured out a method that worked for them. And then he put his own twist on it. And it's kind of like instruction. So think about how you can do the same thing with precision rifle, whether it's competing, it's hunting, or it's tactical. How can you take that same approach and build yourself into the best possible shooter? There are methods. We all talk about fundamentals, 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 right? Which is great because that's what you need. You need those fundamentals of marksmanship. You need to understand your scope, understand your reticle. Now, you can learn and you can be instructed, which I encourage, I suggest you go out and do that, whether it's with me or somebody else who is successful in instructing other people. But eventually, you will have to put your own spin on that knowledge. You will have to start progressing past the point where that instructor has taken you. They are just laying the foundation. And as you continue to build and progress, you start to figure things out. You start to apply your own knowledge, right? So how would you do that? Well, I could tell you right now, you have to understand the why. Why do I need bone support? Why do I need muscle relaxation? Why do I need natural point of aim? Why this? Why that? The more you understand the why, the more that you can start to apply your own memory association for training. Now, Aside from using your short-term memory to remember targets, to remember your elevation setting for a certain spot, to remember your wind calls for certain targets, let's think about how to exercise your brain. We know how to exercise physically. Whether we do it or not, we still know somewhat a manner of how we should exercise our body. Cardio, lifting weights, right? Well, what about your brain? So it's interesting that when you push yourself, and you have to push yourself, you have to challenge yourself. If you're not challenging yourself, your body is not growing. Even your brain. Your brain does not grow without being challenged. So you've got to push the limits. So if I were to run up a mountain as hard and as fast as I can, and then come back down, jump on the squat rack, and start pumping out squats. Not only am I tearing those muscles down, but I'm pushing myself to failure. And what my body's going to do is it's going to realize that, one, it hates failing, and two, 
it needs to add blood vessels. It needs to add capillaries to my legs so that it can deliver more blood so that my body can push harder the next time. Well, same is true for your brain. As you exercise your brain, certain areas of your brain that control that function will start to grow. More neurological firings are happening. So your brain has to adapt. So how do you exercise your brain? Do you have to be at the range to do that? Do you have to run up a mountain to exercise your brain? I don't think you do. You could do this from home. A couple examples. Let's start with wind. Everybody's obsessed with wind, as you should be. Because even as you reach the highest levels of fundamentally sound, running through a stage and being amazing, if you can't call wind, you're still screwed. So, at home, some of us will practice the wind formula or practice a version of I see a 14 mile an hour wind left to right, full value, at 600 yards. What's your wind call? Well, if I have a 7 mile per hour gun, I'm going to hold left 1.2. Right? That math is simple. But how do I carry it on past that? Okay, now I take my shot, and everything is perfect. I go through my mind of what a fundamentally perfect shot is. Boom, I take the shot. I miss right by .6. Well, the wind is blowing left to right, and I still missed right from center .6. So now I need to take that information and start to learn how to process that so I can determine what the actual wind speed is. So for the next target, I can make not a guess, but an accurate estimate of what my correction should be. So if it's 0.6 to the right, I need to look at what that math would be. In quick reference, 0.7 0.6 would be a 7 mile per hour wind, correct? 1.2 would be a 14 mile per hour wind. So if I miss right 0.6, that's another multiplier. So now I'm dealing with a 21 mile per hour wind that I didn't pick up. Now the reason I didn't pick it up is not important right now. It's understanding the math behind it. So now when I go to shoot that 500-yard target, I know it's a multiplier of 3. So 0.5 times 3 would be 1.5. That would be my hold for that 500-yard target. So keeping this all into perspective, train your mental game. How else can we train our mental game? Well, let's think about this. If I'm going to compete in a stage, what are some other mental exercises that can help me improve? If you think about competing, if you think about hunting, if you think about military, law enforcement, right? There is a checklist of things. I call it a mental checklist that you need to go through and execute to ensure that you don't forget anything. 
that everything you're doing is done the same way every time so that you are consistent through your process making the appropriate mental adjustments. So if you're a competitor, I know for myself and the way that I train my team, you get the stage brief, you're listening to the stage RO tell you what the stage is all about, what the target distance is, yada, 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 right? The first thing I'm listening for as I'm processing what he is saying is how will I engage these targets? What's the time limit? Is it multiple positions and each position's its own target? Is it multiple positions and engage every target from every position? Because these things will affect if I'm going to dial my optic or if I'm going to hold. If I'm trying to conserve time so that I can execute the stage with good shots and not rush, I need to determine that first thing. Once I've figured out hold or dial, then I can fill out my little cheat card that I put on the side of my rifle. I can dial my scope to the first target. I can set my magnification. I can set my parallax for how I want to start the stage. And my rifle is ready to go. Now I start looking at what do I have to shoot off of. Then I determine what gear do I want to use. What am I allowed to use and what do I plan on using? What is going to help me the most when I go to perform? Then I take that gear and I set it next to my rifle. I make sure my magazine's loaded. I set that next to my rifle. My rifle is 100% ready to go. My gear is staged. I am ready. Now I can focus on watching other shooters. They go through the stage. Are they having any issues? Are they doing something similar to what I was thinking and they're successful or they're not successful? I don't want to repeat the same mistakes of somebody else if I have the ability to watch them. So I'm observing them. I'm also watching downrange. What is the wind doing? Where are people consistently missing? I don't care where they tell me they held. Oh, I held .5 to get a hit. I don't care. I want to watch where they're hitting on the target. I want to watch where they're missing. I want to see if the wind is doing what I thought it was doing. So I'm processing all of this information. And then before it's time for me to run my stage, I may have changed my plan or I may have stuck with my plan, but I'm ready to go. I've mentally rehearsed everything about this stage, where I'm going to move, how I'm going to pick my rifle up, what hand I'm going to hold the bag with, how I'm going to move the tripod, be up, how am I going to support my elbow. All of this has been mentally rehearsed. As I'm watching other shooters shoot, when I look at a target, I am mentally telling myself what elevation setting I'm going to hold or dial because the less I have to look at my little cheat card on the side of my rifle, the faster I'm going to be at engaging those targets. This is all part of my mental plan before the stage. But I can practice this same thing before I get to the range. I don't need to be at the range to practice my mental rehearsals, my mental game, to visualize the stage before I ever get there. To start associating targets and how they're shaped. Well, over here, these four targets are in a square. Over here, these three targets are in a, a triangle. Or look, all three, all six of these targets 
are in two parallel lines. And I'm going to engage left, right, left, right, left, right. Association, mental games, mental preparation is a huge part. And it is the next level above you are a good shooter. How can you improve your game? If you look at other sports or other activities, this is relevant everywhere. Take a climber, for example, rock climbing. I enjoy rock climbing. I'm decent. I don't want to say that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm God's gift to rock climbing. I'm not. But I love the shit out of it, right? When I was first learning how to rock climb, there's actually a female who taught me how to climb. And females are so much more graceful than men. Men like to power their way through it. Women use their body. They manipulate things to move up that wall. So that's how I learned. But what I also started picking up was that as I would watch her climb, she's staring at the wall and she's visualizing where her hand goes, where her foot goes, how her body's going to react. Can she reach this hold? What kind of grip is she going to have? She knows the entire climb before she ever gets up the damn wall. That's amazing. Why is it any different than shooting? It's not. Just like a quarterback on a football field. I know, I know, you guys, some of you don't like football, that's fine. But I still want you to think about the mental process of a quarterback for a football team. Before he ever snaps the ball, one, he's reading the defense. How are they lined up? He knows where they're going to go, where they're going to move. He knows where his receivers will be. He knows when he's got to throw the ball, when his receiver will be in a certain spot. Some of these quarterbacks are throwing the ball and the receiver's not even looking yet because he knows where that receiver's supposed to be because it's mental. It's mental. So I want you guys to start focusing on the mental aspect and watch your improvement. Now you need to record this. Record exercises, record drills that you do and start getting better at the mental side. This is Tyler. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you guys are having a great week. Until next time, as I always tell my team, don't suck. <laughs>